1: I'm Marcus, I'm Chris, did you enjoy
2: the first weekend of football? I did, I did, Um, Marcus, um, well you and I were busy here on Friday night enjoying ourselves, enjoying the audience, Mm -hmm. got a lot of callers on Friday night. Um, it was a good 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 time on Friday night. It was uh, great.
1: we had well so just for people who might want to catch the podcast later yes. we had former mayor Scott Lang who's also as you know, a longtime de- uh, Democrat strategist so he has a lot of stories so we we're able to talk to him about um you know, uh, the low voter turnout in the city and how, uh, you know, it's, it's happened over the last few years. Maybe it was a change in leadership or maybe it was something else. But over the last few years, uh, voter turnout in the city in municipal elections uh, has dropped um, precipitously. So we were talking a lot about that. And we also talked about a story that his daughter produced for Good Morning America, which was really nice. About football. About football, actually, about high school football.
2: And while all that was going on. There was the, um, a big football game at the Paul Walsh Field, uh, New Bedford versus Taunton, uh, New Bedford High School versus Taunton, and when we left the studio, we found out, uh, we got to our respectable boats that there had been a big, big fight there, and so much so, so much of so, now not between the players as far as we know. No, it was between the crowd. It was the crowd, right? The crowd um, started fighting. They had to call in new Bedford police. Obviously the state police, Freetown police, Dartmouth police, I believe Fairhaven police were also there and a cushion. That's just about everybody in our mutual aid portfolio. <laughs> yeah, Right. right? Yeah. To include, don't let me forget this. The state police. Oh, and the sheriff's department came as well. The sheriff's department as well. Um, and they had canines. The, the, um, Nebraska canines were there, and the Sheriff's Department canines were there. Bristol County Sheriff. Um, For this massive disturbance. It was fights um, so much so that they had to end the game. They had to end the game. And Marcus, what I was thinking...
1: Mercifully, it looks based on the score, honestly.
2: It was a mercy ending, right? Yeah, Uh, Because Ton was way ahead at that point. Mm -hmm. But, Marcus, I was thinking about it because you had told from the top of your head, an unrehearsed story about your own memories of high school football. Yeah. Right. That very same night. And I thought to myself, this is a big, this is a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. You had all those new Bedford parents. You had the kids in the game. And as I'd like to point out, it's not the kids in the game that got in the fight. Right. You know, all the taunt, I'm, I'm assuming there were a lot of taunting people there. It's only right down the road. Right. Um, one of the other cities of Bristol County, they're there to watch their kids play football mm-hmm. to win. Apparently, um, all the parents, and it has to be ended early. Yeah. Um, you don't get to do that over again. No. Right? I mean. When you're, and
1: especially for seniors, for people that were, it's it's really, you only get, it's incredible, because you only get like 10 weeks. Right. You only get 10 weeks of football, right? And so, uh, if you're lucky, you know, not 10 to 11. And so. If you what, don't have a
2: COVID virus breakout.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. So when you lose that. That really, I mean, that really sucks Because it's
2: gone You're never going to get that moment back You're never going to get it back And the parents aren't going to get it back and, and their memory of the game is marred by violence Yeah And as I understand it The police had to escort the Taunton bus Out to the highway Wow That's not good No You know That spreads That type of word spreads mm-hmm. Um. You wonder what the Athletic League is going to do about it Yeah um, you wonder, what does that mean for the great institution of uh, football at New Bedford? Yeah. When you think about the fact that football's always had a, a, a strong program, a lot of great alumni, alumni support, <laughs> and to have an event like the, the Taunton-New Bedford football game, marred by violence. Yeah. But that's not the only part about the story, Marcus. It's disturbing. I mean,
1: here's the thing. I mean, a fight to that scale is, is, I think, think pretty um, rare. Yes. But high school fights happen all the time. All the time. Uh, When we were at, I was telling you about the Jamboree when I was a freshman in high school, so I wasn't playing with the varsity yet. When i was a freshman in high school they had the jamboree and it was the two thanksgiving games dartmouth and Fairhaven, uh staying in vogue they were all in one place four schools that absolutely hated each other right. and so there were fights the dartmouth kids were throwing quarters at us you know um and it was a big there was a big there was a big break uh, there was a big brawl and they actually ended the jam that was the last year they had the jamboree i'm pretty sure because of the 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 activity that sure. took place um uh, there wasn't a need for mutual aid or okay. maybe even that much police involvement at all, okay. outside of the cops that were probably there. Um, so it is unique in that regard, but also because um, apparently this is uh, something that Kate Walsh, uh, not Kate Walsh, that's WPRI, Kate Robinson was able to
2: write in uh, in, in uh, the story. Yeah, so we have a story up at WBSM.com. You can check out um, our, our news director, uh, Kate. Um, it's a breaking news that, um, so look, we got access to our news department got access to the internal communications, uh, that was sent to everybody in the New Bedford police department. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and it's right in the story there. The original story that as Tim Weisberg wrote Friday night, cause you know, it's fog of war, so to speak, Tim Weisberg doing his best for the facts he had available to him. puts out the story that about the, the game being, uh, stopped and, uh, the fact that they were, there were rumors and they were, they were looking for weapons. They had the canine out there looking for guns. But no weapons were found. That's how the story came out, right? No arrests, no weapons. What we found out since then is that the inter- that was the official police story that was released by the lieutenant in charge of public relations. No weapons, no arrests. We've since got our hands on the internal communication that went to all the members of the police department, and unfortunately for them, the members of the media too, that there were weapons found. Yeah. They found a taser gun. A taser uh, zapper was found by it was found by the police. One of the students dropped it, and charges now are pending, okay, against that student for having a taser. Now, a taser is not a deadly weapon unless you have a pacemaker. It might be a deadly weapon to me these days. I don't know, but I mean, for for just good,
1: just for legal classification, uh, let's say you were to like assault somebody with a taser. It's it's classified as a dangerous weapon, so it's assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. It's, it's so it's not a good charge. It's no, it's a felony charge. It's a felony, yeah, it's a felony. And I'll tell uh, you, but something. but the pos- he's just got a, a possession uh, of this weapon, and I'm not entirely sure where. Classification taser falls under, honestly. I've only handled firearm cases. Right. So.
2: <laughs> right. Only the big boys. Yeah. Only the big boys. But I will tell you, look, kids get in fights. That's not a big news story, right? Kids get in fights. They generally don't get into fights that are so involved and so large that it requires multiple police departments and and the end of a football game. Yeah. Right. So there's something else going on there. Um look. When I was a kid, growing up out in Freetown of Lakeville, we didn't have gangs, and so I would not use that, that term here. Because I think of this as just high school kids, and high school kids getting fights. When I was a kid, I had a group of friends of mine that I hung around with. Other people had other groups of friends. As I recollect on it, if you started a fight with one of my friends, you might have basically been starting a fight with me, I might have gotten involved. Or one of my friends might have got involved, you know. I mean, these, but it did not constitute a gang, right? Right. And so I'm very reticent to use that term. I don't think it's a appropriate. We do know there are gangs in New Bedford. Obviously, we saw that big bust of the Latin Kings. We know there are Bloods. We know there are other gangs in the area. But that doesn't mean that that's what was going on at that game. I have no, no reason, no. no no evidence of that. Okay. No. And I think it would be...
1: Um, if, there, if there was a fight like that that happened at Dartmouth, I know I'd be saying that there, there was gangs.
2: So I think that's a very important distinction, Marcus, yeah. right? Um, and so we may have a little bit of, um, I would say, urban... Uh, prejudice maybe right and I don't, i'm not saying race or anything like that because i don't know what, who the kids were that were fighting Sounds but like I, don't, I really don't know right yeah i mean you have the you have the sharks and the jets right the jets are the white kids uh in west side Story. so yeah i mean the white kids certainly do have gangs Arthur fonzarelli had a gang i think it was the falcons right yeah right that was his stupid gang but anyway my point is, is that there's all kinds of motorcycle clubs out there that are predominantly white so i don't I don't view it as a race thing. I view it more as an urban thing, right? They go, oh, well, you know, there's gangs in New Bedford, but that doesn't mean there's gangs involved in this fight. Right. Now, I guess that could be, but I'm just saying that because the story's bad enough without people inventing or exaggerating it, right? Yes. It's bad enough the sto- the, the city's, in- as I was talking with one elected official tonight, it's embarrassing for the city. Yeah. It's embarrassing for the city. It's not good... Considering you have, you know, right at the road is Taunton. Everyone's going to talk. Going to go Not home. When
1: you make the schedule next year, you know, right. When you're making the schedule and you're reaching out to to other athletic directors and all that, trying to put these games in the books, you know what? That has consequences.
2: It has consequences. All the, the boosters club from Taunton or the surrounding towns may say. Hey, don't send my kids down there. Yeah,
1: I don't want my kid going down there. That might be there. a league game or something like that, but you know, I'm not sure what the leagues look like now. You know,
2: I always remember this. They had a black quarterback in Charlestown in the 1970s. Someone shot him. They shot him. Wow. Yeah. On the field, he was shot. Wow. Marcus, in uniform, playing, he was shot. Whether it was because he was black, I think I think at the time they determined it was. Yeah. But, well, yeah, but the 1770s. point of the matter yeah. is that those things have happened, right? And if you're a parent today, you have to think about things like that. Now there were no guns found, but the fact that there was a taser found and the it's that's a different story than what the police put out the first time. Well, so the the
1: question the question is, why do they like why did we get one story and
2: we're finding one out later? Marcus, and what does that say about the other reporting that we're getting? There you go. I'll, I'll tell you something. I used to be in sales, a sales manager. I used to have a lot of guys at work for me, right? And I used to sit down with them every once in a while because they'd make mistakes, things like that, right? And everyone makes mistakes. But I used to have guys from time to time, and it would usually be the last time I was sitting with them, because I would say, here's all the mistakes you've made. If we notice, they're all in your favor. Right? <laughs> you made money every time yeah, there right, was a mistake yeah. made, right? So, you know, people make mistakes, I make mistakes, but 50% of the time it costs you money. Mm-hmm. 50% of the time you made money on a mistake, Right. I'd say, how come you always make money on your mistakes? Right. How come all your mistakes are in your favor? Right. This is the end of the road, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't be with you anymore because you're not making mistakes. You're lying to me, right? Yeah. So I would just say that it's a really better story. No weapons found. Yeah. It's, it's a better, better f- story. It's a better story
1: for It's a better mistake. It's a better it's it's a better story for the people who are in charge of making the narrative.
2: There you go. Yeah
1: right it's a mistake
2: no doubt about it because we corrected it yes we corrected it we corrected it yes if you read kate kate i almost just called her kate Walsh up <laughs> well because i was talking about staying I know. i went to high school with her and she's in the me. news and- i listen to kate Walsh every morning just yeah. moment, yeah. you know when I, when I have the morning news on but anyways of course. uh kate Robertson, our news director um if you read her story and i encourage you to read it read it closely kate is a very good journalist and I would say she's very detail-oriented. And she's not a wise guy like me and my partner here, right? She's just yeah. telling the straight story. You read that story, you can see that it was confirmed by that there were weapons found after she asked them about right. it. Right. They didn't come running to They didn't come out us. and say, well, actually, we found this, and maybe people should know. Right, right. It was when our news department in the form of Kate called and said, hey, we happen to have an internal communication here from a Sergeant Patello describing yeah. he found a weapon. Oh oh no, actually, oh yeah, that is true, right? I mean, Whoops. guys, that, that's a big mistake. And as Marcus pointed out, we don't always get the internal communication of the police department. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, we always get a press releases. Yes. but. What, what, so are what, what are they worth? What are they worth?
1: So, it, it, uh, yeah, exactly. It begs the question is how many internal communications would be if we were to be sent an internal communication along with every press release, would those two things corroborate? Exactly.
2: Is the question. And, Marcus, let me ask you this because you've been, you've been here a while and you've been following these stories for a while. It's a big deal. I've never seen another high school event where you had to have that many police from no. that many departments there. Yeah. Right? So whatever was going off was big time, all right? Yeah. And whatever they anticipated was going to continue to happen, and the crowd would not listen yeah. to the police. They would not listen to the state police. They weren't intimidated by the, sh- the Sheriff's Department canine or the New Bedford canines. That is a big problem. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. So much so, they had to bring in all the area departments. Yeah. Now, in normal circumstances, Marcus, the, New, the men and women of the New Bedford Police Department can handle a couple high school kids. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's not a big, tall order. These are men and women in the New Bedford Police Department are professionals. For them to have to call for that many bodies and dogs, it's unprecedented
1: yeah because they know they're taking it away from other towns too right they're taking the help away from other towns when they do that
2: right yeah and let me just say this I know the great men and women of the Freetown Police Department I hired many of them including their leader for them to have to come all the way to New Bedford to put down a, a civil disturbance yeah doesn't happen right and I'll ask the people of New Bedford do you want a situation where your kids and other people's kids are so out of control that you're going to call them the state police? Right. Because I love the state police, but let me tell you, that's not a gentle group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a gentle group. I'll, I'll give you my little, <laughs> and why I say that I know kids get in trouble. I remember one Halloween, I wasn't doing it. I was standing on the periphery just watching kids acting a fool on halloween throwing eggs things like that they called for the state police backup that state trooper got out of his car he didn't ask a single he didn't say a word he just started swinging that baton right <laughs> <Can't>, <laughs> just swinging that baton i don't think he can do that now <laughs> let me tell you something that was the last gasp of the 80s the um, I saw the trooper I was already I was already booking it When I saw the trooper Right Because I knew I could not go home to my father With a state trooper But When he, when I saw the Billy Club I was already gone right? right My point being is that A big situation happened And The facts of the matter Were obvious But it shouldn't take An internal communication Leaked to the media Yeah for us to get the truth.
1: Well, that. and you remember all the stuff that happened uh, just about a year ago, like last spring or around around last spring when uh, they were trying to get the former chief in. And uh, in front of the city council to talk about some of the crime rates and this disparity. They, what they saw as the disparity in the reporting's right. of the crime rate. I forgot about that. More. And then uh, you had they subpoenaed them. Uh, I was in front of the public safety committee. I remember I had had conversations with Council Gomes and Council Dunn all day to find out whether or not the chief was coming to this meeting that he had agreed to come to. And he got an orders from the top not to. Um, but uh, then he doesn't show up because they didn't want to show up at the same time that Hank did, the Hank Turgeon at the time, the former, uh, it's now Chris Cotter, uh, but the former um, president, President of the uh, then current president of the uh, the police union, right. who did a really good job because they were looking for some. And if they were, what they wanted to do, af- aside from the crime rate reporting, um, which you know he said they they all said, uh, you know, Hank said the boots on the ground, boots on the ground guys say this is a disparity. This is disparate from what we're experiencing. Which again, I admittedly is anecdotal, but they're still out there doing the stuff. You well, know, right. they know how busy they are and how busy they aren't. Right. Um, but and he also talked about there was productive another productive conversation about shot spotting. And they said, well, even if it's only like 25% effective, what if we, you know, catch somebody in a murder 25% of the time or a shooting 25% of the time? That sounds like a pretty, that sounds like worth $100,000 investment to me, right? Right. So it was a lot of good productive conversation, but the chief couldn't be involved in it because he was stopped from being involved in it. Um, even though, you know, he was asked to come by the, the city council. <laughs> who writes by a legitimate
2: form of government. Right. Yeah. the people who write his budget. Right. So. <laughs> and they have been given subpoena power by the taxpayers.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what I'm saying is
2: um, it feels like a reoccurring thing. So, Marcus, we remember that when there was a shooting of a police officer's house at Brick <laughs> and housing project. Well, that's uh, when it was. Well, that's, that's the. That was the genesis that, of that, right? That was the genesis of it. Because yeah. there was so much backwards and forwards about what was really going on there. And, and, and look. I get it. It's an embarrassing for the city. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're not going to get anywhere by pretending things aren't happening. Yeah. Right? And the fact of the matter is, is that I think you do a lot better off at budget time if if you talk about your problems when you have the opportunity to talk about them. And by the way, if you'd like to get on the air, you can at 508-996-0500. By the way, we're looking for any city council that wants to call in or a school committee member that wants to call in and address this.
1: Yeah. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Let's actually get to go to the phones now. Good evening.
0: How about any uh, former news directors at the WPS?
1: Have you taking those calls? Yeah, we're. T- oh, yeah, absolutely, Taylor. It's Taylor. Oh, you can't hear it? No. Uh. <laughs> What do you, hold on Chris Can you hear me now Chris Chris is uh Chris is actually swapping out some uh some headphones uh I don't know what you can't hear the phones you can hear my voice but you can't hear the phones you can hear my voice cause it's across the table
0: three four hello hmm can you
1: hear me let's do this we can all right we can hear you all right so you you guys have touched
0: on something that uh, is, is uh it was a problem back when i was in that position and this has been a problem uh ever since the untimely demise of chief david preventure which is the lack serious lack of transparency with the new Bedford police department uh to the media and it 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 grinded my gears so many times in that newsroom and really irked a lot of people in the media, including in the standard times. I had many conversations with multiple reporters about the lack of transparency. and it's, it's really detrimental to the work that the men and women on the police force are doing every single day, that the facts are not reported accurately the first go around. We have to we had to rely when i was there on on sources at the scene and not official sources within the city of new Bedford police department in order to get a story and then the police department had, would have to jump back and, and come back at us and say well no you had this wrong and this wrong and uh, that didn't happen well if you had told us that to begin with, right they should be asked you right this would not be an issue chief Preventure was fantastic at media relations. If ever there was uh, any significant event uh, revolving around the city, he would hold a press conference that evening at the scene. And you could ask him any question, nothing was off limits. He'd tell you if you were right or wrong for asking this question or if he could or couldn't answer it. But he was very direct and forthcoming to information that he could come forth with. That had not happened under the previous police chief, and it it seems that it's not happening again. Um, There were many instances I can point to. There was a a call with a a former city councilor who made a call onto the air uh, several years ago, reporting a gang activity inside of a restaurant. It was corroborated by the councilor's mother. We had two sources, one of them a city official. Um, City of New Bedford Police Department would not comment on what was going on. We had to run with the story. It had already gone to air over one of the talk shows. And later that day, there was a bleep you know, storm of, of uh, mm-hmm. communications from the City of New Bedford Police Department trying to quell the story. Yeah. And um, this this also happened with, with um, the investigation into uh, another city councilor um, last year or, or the year prior where there was one narrative put out from the City of New Bedford Police Department and it culminated in the uh, district attorney uh, special investigation um so this this is a rampant issue that the city has to deal with and it's it's um you know a, a double sided here edged sword where you have city officials um really uh talking about the demise of certain media outlets within the city uh specifically the standard times um well the fact is they're contributing to that and they're not giving them the information that that makes it appealing for any readers or subscribers to the paper or any other outlet, for that matter, to listen to or to read or to watch. Um, so they're not getting the information they need. So they drop these subscriptions. Right. Uh, so, so you have you have huge problems that are that are being caused by this lack of of transparency or willingness to come forward with information because you think that it might be damaging to the city's reputation. That needs to stop. You want to get a good reputation, you start being honest with the do
2: be better. We're speaking with Taylor Cormie, of course, the executive producer of the Howie Car Show, heard here on WBSM uh, from three to seven. Um, Taylor, so as you're pointing out, this is not a new problem at all. Um, now, in your, your media experience, and now you're outside of the New Bedford media market, would you say this is unique to New Bedford? Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's specifically
0: unique. Uh, I've, I've not run it. I can point to my experience in the newsroom at, at BSM where it was unique to New Bedford in the um, immediate areas that we covered. So we that's, but that I, I agree with
2: you. I think yeah. that, that's what you, that's the right way to put it, right? Go ahead.
0: We didn't have that problem with Bear Haven, New Bedford, Freetown, Taunton. No, nobody, nobody had that, that issue with us, uh, at Marion. We, we never had any problem. You can ask any of the local reporters and they'd tell you the exact same thing. Um, there is a separate issue of, of uh, whether to release mug shots. That's uh, become not exactly a unique situation to New Bedford. I don't agree with the stance that the city has taken um i'm of the mindset that that's public information once it's documented within the uh, the cities uh, they, they, they they suspect that person of a crime why, why shouldn't they uh, come forward with that uh, information to the public right um but that that's another issue that's uh, I, I think still ongoing in the court system but um as, as far as the immediate area is concerned and, and the stretch that that outlets like wbsm the Bedford guide uh, the standard times have that, that does seem very specific to the New Bedford Police Department.
2: It's, it's very unfortunate, Taylor, because um the reality of it is that eventually we're going to get the true story anyway. So then they just look bad. They look worse.
0: Yeah, and that's that's how many times is that going to happen? Again, uh, those, those examples I pointed to are just two of, of many during my tenure there. And I'm sure um, uh, Kate has, has dealt with the uh, great consternation at the uh, the phone number of the the chief of police's office uh it's 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 despicable it, it does not reflect well upon the city and um yeah, it doesn't do any 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 good for the uh, the reputation
2: of anybody hey thank you so much taylor for giving us a call we appreciate it for backing up our our, our major thesis here appreciate it taylor have a great night thank, thank you. you thanks guys thanks
1: Taylor Cormier, former news director here at WBSM, executive producer, producer of the Howie Carr Show. Really great call because it, it added some experience and expertise to the problem that we're discussing. I also have some uh, fairly breaking news that I'm going to hold until the uh, until the break. So stay, the so, stay tuned. <laughs> so stay tuned. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program tonight. Yeah.
2: Uh, so
1: I've got, a, I've got a couple of... Um, I've got just a, you know, one of the good things about South Coast tonight is that we can, you know, one of the things that we wanted, this program we wanted uh, about it is that we could have uh, live updates and reactions to meetings that happen locally. Because they usually happen after after hours, right? right. Me- town meetings and city meetings and all of that. So, um. She got some news. Yeah, so we got some news. Uh, so, um. uh, On September, this is coming from the Dartmouth School Committee, so we all know about the issues going on with the Indian logo, and there was a referendum, and the referendum to keep the Indian name and logo was kept overwhelmingly 80% to 81%, I think, of the voters in the town um, had voted to keep that logo with support of tribal members to include tribal members that actually played on the Dartmouth High football team, right? So it's all important to remember because there was like a few people trying to bring up this issue and the local tribal I mean there's the, now there were some tensions between the local tribal members and the um the uh, you know the full tribe in Aquinagay Gayhead, but uh in on the vineyard but ultimately, uh, the local tribal members prevailed. They said to get rid of the Indian logo would be an erasure of their history in the town of Dartmouth, and that that logo was designed by um, a, a member of the uh, of the local tribe. Right. So, uh, the Wampanoag tribe. So, anyway, um, I'm getting a from uh, uh, from a tribal member. I've, i got an update that on September, t- this is you know, at, uh, I think a. It seems like a resolution in those tensions, uh, but we'll see. On September twenty third this year, two plaques will be unveiled at the Dartmouth High Gymnasium for an afternoon ceremony and a plaque ceremony at the uh, at football uh, at the at um and a plaque ceremony will happen at the uh, football stadium in halftime. Uh, both will be honoring dartmouth indian and local indigenous contr- uh, contributions it was just announced tonight at the um at the school committee meeting so at dartmouth stadium there'll be a uh, if you're at the dartmouth high football game at dartmouth stadium um, there will be on september 23rd there will be a plaque unveiled to uh commemorate local uh lo- the um local indigenous uh, contributions and and at the gymnasium as well. So it seems like a good, uh, you know, sort of um, resolution. It seems like a resolution in this uh, conflict thus far.
2: We're sure the uh, lefties won't think it's antagonizing? Will Shannon Jenkins be okay with that? The school committee... Well, Dr. Shannon Jenkins Well, that's a the thing. It? The, that's the thing is that the school committee voted
1: on it. I don't know what her vote was. Specific. Dr. J? I'm not... <laughs> Dr. J. Dr. <laughs> J not, is here. I'm not sure what her vote specifically was on it, um, but the school committee voted on that. So it looks like, again, it seems like the, you know, the, that battle... It has, seems like the community has moved on. It seems like, it looks like the community's moved on. It looks like they didn't have a problem with it to begin with, actually. They never did. It was an invented problem. It was an invented problem. And and then at the end of the so at the end of the um I remember once the Dartmouth people but maybe Dartmouth,
2: Dr. Jay grab a rebound off
1: the board. I remember the, the people of Dartmouth who well voted uh eighty again, eighty twenty to, to keep it. I remember the, the the people that were still against the, the Indian Logo had said, well, matters of civil rights aren't left to a referendum, right? Which I agree, but this isn't what we're talking
2: about. <laughs> Not where you sit on the bus. Yeah, exactly. But it's- Marcus, what if, what if they gave them the plaque and now they want to take it back? What, what, would, what would that be? <laughs> now, will there be tickets being sold for the, for the event? I will. I hope nobody starts jacking the price up, you know, and selling them out in the street. What do they call that? Uh, I just, I just would hate for someone to, to start doing things I'm like that. I'm glad we're behind on breaks because I'm
1: going to take Native
2: American. <laughs> the Native American. Event. I'm going to take. I'm going to take a break now. We'll be right back, folks. Listen to us live. All righty. So, welcome back to the show, Marcus. We were talking about um, the fight at the football fight at the football game. The, well, um, well, more specifically, yes. there were
1: the inconsistent reporting that followed uh, from the police department and um, what that means going forward for press releases that we get, internal
2: communications, yes. you know, the, it's sort of where it's these. It's not t- just us being sensitive, as you heard from Taylor Cormier. Yeah. Who just called in, uh, formally here as a news director and, um, now at the executive uh, producer of the Howie Carr show. We're not being sensitive. We're not being, no, um, we're not, we're not making a, a mountain out of a molehill. This is a big problem. Yeah. And it's unique to New Bedford in many ways. It is. That we have to play catch up with them all the time. Yeah. Um, this is really
1: like the boots on the ground police, um, issue it's it's it's
2: higher up well right yeah because this is not it's not um the men and women of the police department or in the cruisers or who are at the riot or the the fight at the football game Mm -hmm. who are sending out these press releases right the only reason we know is because somebody leaked out the internal communication written by a sergeant patello that gave the narrative of what had happened where we found out that in fact a taser weapon had been recovered on the scene. Yeah. The charges are now pending, which is not the story. And that maybe they to the thought media. at
1: the time, well, this corrections like de minimis because, you know, nothing happened or, you know, no one was assaulted with that taser. Right. No one was hurt with that taser and it was dropped and, you know, but they suspected it. They found. They suspected someone of having that weapon. They f- ended up finding that weapon. You said there's criminal charges that are being brought, or at that, least considered. That's what we understand. Yeah. So, um, it's just you know when we talked about some other uh, goings on that happened between um, the administration and and the city council and the union about about these types of reportings. Um, so again, it just it, it's unfortunate that it begs the question of. You know, basically, uh how how good are these press releases that we're getting?
2: Right, and yeah. Marcus, the
1: um this is this this issue going on elsewhere? Taylor Cormier says locally, it's not. Locally, it's not an issue.
2: Right. All it's, the other departments, and look, I know that's true. If I call Fairhaven, um, sometimes they'll say to me, "I can't answer that question." Yeah. That's not that's not steering me in the wrong direction. that's no, telling me understanding crisis, that I can't the, answer that understanding that there's
1: department regulations and even laws in place that right prevent uh police officers from
2: commenting right. on certain things and certainly because so I'll give you another example because you you know the person is always telling you the truth, if they ask you something, maybe that wouldn't be helpful to print that, yeah. My experience is I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But, but police department. But you know what? Fool me once, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell you that, Marcus. The other thing is that you know from the response, the fact that they had to call so many other departments in, there's more to the story. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Good evening,
3: fellas. Um, I, I think it's a problem, but it's, it's not a problem from today. It's been, I think it's been going on in New Bedford certainly for years. I know things that happened in the city that even when the standard times was fully, fully staffed and because the people had the right connection or they knew the right guy, it just never made it. And and that was coming. It was something that happened at the police department It was never reported to the public. It was never reported to the, 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 the newspapers. And I, I, I saw it happen time and time again to where it was just I, I think it was just standard operating procedure in New Bedford. And I think people put up with it. And yeah. part of it I think you have is you have different languages. You have a Portuguese media. Um, yeah. I don't know how strong the, the Spanish media is in New Bedford. You have an English-speaking media. I mean, so you have really three different medias who really probably aren't talking to each other. I, I'm not in the business. I don't know. You guys are. So, you know, um, yeah. I think that's a major problem. And uh, it's shame on the politicians who let it let it go. The mayor the current mayor seems to feed right into it. And I think he does it because he wants to make the for look good. And part of me says, okay, that's great, but we're all the truth and we're not getting it. So
2: my two cents. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank for you. The call. Appreciate it. Um, the, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back folks.
1: Why should you download the seconds here? We're going to go into the next hour. I do want to carry the conversation over a little bit, but also, Um, I think it's a nice transition to the other conversation we were going to have about the Plymouth County District Attorney's race. Because the Bristol County one's over. I know we've got a lot of people out there in Marion, Rochester, Mattapoy's at Plymouth. uh, Wareham. And what a contrast. Huh? And what a contrast. And this is unlike the other election. This is two serious people that are running, right? There are two. One opponent that's got
0: a legitimate